Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, this isn't actually normal, so stop pretending it is. Plus, Biz revisits cake parenting, Teresa doesn't want to wait, and we talk to Scotty Iseri of the podcast, The Imagine Neighborhood. One of these days we are going to nail the we timing of that. We will nail it. It's we gonna will be some serious, <laughs> well-timed remote yes. wooing. Oh, remote wooing. That should be the name of the show going forward. Yeah. Remote yeah. wooing. Yeah. <laughs> Before I ask you how you are, we will continue our new format of saying thank you to everybody out there who is still working, who are essential workers, everybody in the medical fields, from the doctors to the nurses to the chaplains to the people who are doing all of the, I'm going to say Excel work, but you know what I mean, all the data filing work, that's important, that is what's keeping everything going. All the people who are working at grocery stores right now or working in the food industry, delivery, I mean, everybody. If you have to walk out that door for work, I appreciate the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I do too. All of us do. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. And if you are holding it down by yourself with kids while your partner is out there essential workering, we also see you. Yes. And thank you. Yes. And if you are staying at home and washing your hands and wearing masks when you go out, we appreciate you for doing that too. Yep. Every job is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're doing a really good job. Teresa, how are you? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I laugh every time because it, back in the studio days, Back in the time before the virus, I keep doing this voice to Stefan all the time, but I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I remember back during the virus, we used to do, you know, we would sit, he got some rye flour from the eBay. I'm not sure it was safe, but you know, it was the time of the COVID. Anyway, but back, I would ask Teresa how she was doing, and she always had a face, and the face, mm-hmm. I always knew what that face meant right away. And now... Mm-hmm. The how are you doing question has taken on such a new, like, just like almost surreal weight. It is like, it's like entering a Dada play experience, right? Like, just how are you? So with that said, how are you? Oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. It almost just feels like a joke. Although I will say like in in like text message exchanges with friends or like FaceTimes and stuff, everybody's kind of doing the same thing of like, yeah, I mean, it's we're good. We're good. You know, yeah. we're just 
we're hanging in there. We're just kind of doing the this or the that. We did a this today. And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like it's kind of the same as always in a weird way. Yeah. But also there is this underlying like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is crazy, right? Like, yeah. aren't, aren't we? Cra- but like people aren't saying that that much. I mean, they kind of are, but like not really. Yeah. And I am also just in survival mode, but also can't talk about things being terrible all the time because we have to cope somehow. So I'm also pretending to be fine a lot of the time. And I think one thing I've been thinking about right now is just our mental health for everyone, for everyone in isolation, as well as for people dealing with traumatic experiences related to COVID-19, traumatic situations out trying to get groceries and whatever else, which can be just really stressful. And then just the situation at home with young kids or kids with special needs. It's it's so much right now. And I just keep thinking how odd it is. It's necessary, I guess, but just how simultaneously odd it is that we we're being expected to just like we all know this mental health crisis is coming, but we're just like saying, well, yeah, we'll deal with that after this. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's so strange. Like, it makes sense. But I guess to put it in a really strange way, I just think it's kind of a bummer. That we're supposed to like sit here and just go like, yeah, we're all losing our minds and we'll deal with that later. So I just want to also give a shout out to mental health professionals right now. I know that sometimes it's not possible to get therapy over the computer. Sometimes people don't have access to computers or sometimes it's impossible to get like time or space alone in your home to access that service. But when it can happen, it can make a really big difference. I have been continuing to try to meet with my therapist every week and that has been important, I guess. So, yeah, I just my heart is just with everyone right now. And I hope that we can all find some ways to care for ourselves right now. It might look different from what it would be if we weren't in this crisis right now. But maybe there is something that we can each and all do to care for ourselves right now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes to that. And... Wow, that's going to tie in nicely to what we're talking about today. So thank you for saying that. You're welcome. How are you, Biz? I, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mess. I won't even say that I'm okay. I, you know, it's like really hard and it's really stressful. And we didn't do like that much for Easter, but two days before Easter, I got into my mind that I wanted to make this classic Southern dessert, a caramel cake. And they're they're so crazy delicious. I've never made one. I've never tried to caramelize anything either. And so I pull out 
the Jackson, Mississippi, some league of women somewhere <laughs> cookbook from like the 70s, 60s or 70s that my mom had. Eudora Welty signed it to her. It's very exciting. Anyway, <laughs> and I find the caramel cake recipe and it even has this note that says, this is the recipe of so-and-so, so-and-so. And it is, this is the first time it's ever been printed. And I think I am making this cake. And here's the thing. I made the cake and I did not do like super great at the icing because it's raining and cold and apparently you cannot do any sort of caramelizing or candy work when it is cold and rainy, but I made it. The, the point of this is I kind of pushed myself through this because it felt like something normal and like something I was supposed to be doing. I'm going to do this thing. I am entitled to make something and have time to make it. And, oh, I didn't know it took like three and a half hours to make caramel. <laughs> I think, Jesus Christ, you know, and when it didn't work out, I couldn't leave it. I couldn't step away from it. And I wasn't necessarily <laughs> getting joy from it, but I, I needed to be doing it. It was like this incredibly weird place to be in my cake parenting world, which then, of course, led me down another path of what if by cake parenting, we just meant parenting while listening to the band cake, which we could also all try right now if we would like to. But the, the making the cake thing, five months ago, it would have been no big deal. And I would have enjoyed it or I would have changed you know, roads if things weren't working out and made something else. It wouldn't have felt like a weird time luxury that I was giving myself to make this fucking cake. It would like, it just wouldn't have all this, all this baggage with it. And it's supposed to feel normal, but it didn't feel normal. And I think that is just one of so many examples of of where we are right now and what you said and my horrible cake parenting, <laughs> you know, process ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is this isn't actually normal. So stop acting like it is. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, this actually isn't normal. We need to stop acting like it is. And that's the end of our discussion. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, bye. This Before... is probably all the time I have anyway, so <laughs> that was oh, fun. It's the, it's the new normal. New normal. Mm -hmm. I'm calling bullshit on because this is not a new normal. This is not normal. And I, I just want to start by saying that, like, I was thinking about this the other day, listening to different people, like you said, when people are like, it's okay, I'm just here, everything's fine. And I was even thinking about a text exchange you and I had, and you had had a particularly 
rough series of events, a rough day. <laughs> and then you like ended it with, but I guess that's normal. And I was like, that's not normal. I mean, yes, elements of it are normal because you're a parent, <laughs> okay? But what is so unusual about the situation is how every day there is new information. Every day we are changing from what we had accepted and processed to something new that we have to accept and process. And we are human beings and we have an innate ability, I think, to adapt, okay? We, we look at us, we're adapting and we're gonna, we actually have a need that it should feel normal. We need this to be normal, to get through it. And saying it's the new normal is a survival technique, I think. But that said, just because part of our brain is doing that, the rest of us have not caught up. The rest of the brain is still over here saying, why is that supposed to be normal? Right? Like mm-hmm. like what we said last week about the two magnets, right? Everything looks normal. I have this horrible underlying fear that is permeating my soul. These two ends of the magnet don't go together. We're like living in that space between yeah. the two magnets. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I need to get to a place where I'm comfortable saying, no, 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 no. I don't need to normalize this. Mm-hmm. No, I really like that. I mean, I think so. This is really interesting because it incorporates a lot of things. Yeah. My first thought is like, well, as far as our brain chemistry, like there's only so long that we can be in fight or flight. Like our brains can't just stay in fight or flight. Like it just won't. They just break. You know what I mean? So... (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah, like, no, I'm so laughing because I've yeah. broken before. So I know. Yeah. yeah so just, we're broken. Yeah. So we're yeah, broken we right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's making me think about that, that like, sure, I think we should talk about how we can deal with this not being normal and like face it more and how that can help us in this situation. Yes. Like, I think we should totally go there. But I also just want to acknowledge that like, the thing that we're doing sometimes or a lot of the time where we are just acting normal and kind of pretending like things are normal is natural and human and yeah. and is a yeah is yes is a survival tactic cuz we we just wouldn't we just can't be running around panicking we talked about at some point on the show a long time ago There was this thing that we had noticed among new parents where no matter what stage they were at in new parenthood, they they seem to say, we've just finally started to get the hang of things (laughs) like no matter what. Like, everybody always, for some reason, thinks that now this is the real time when I'm getting a hang of this. And then yet a few months later, we'll look back on this time and say, like, that was crazy. Like, we didn't have anything under control. Like, it's much better now. Or, you know, or wait till we saw what was coming after that. Or, you know, just something like, like, it's just funny 
it's funny what our perception of what mm. is going on right now, like how that relates to like the choices we make and our well-being yeah. every day. And I think that the biggest way that the idea that this is normal holds us back in like practical terms is stuff like logistical stuff during the day that we could totally rethink and redo, but we're not because we're just behaving the same way we normally would under normal circumstances. Like, it's my job to do this and it's your job to yeah. do that. And like the division of labor and like the daily schedule and what the, what the expectations are for each family member. I've found myself going like, why are we doing it this way? This doesn't, this <laughs> used to make sense, but that was a totally yeah. different life. That was someone else's life. I don't live in that world anymore. I need to come up with something else. But like the hard thing about that is that there isn't, there isn't like time. Like this is like no, that's what it. I'm dealing There's with no all the time. time. There's no time to like reflect or plan or say like, okay, this is what, well, like, it's just, we're just in it. We're just in it. Yeah. And so anything that we do is not really, like, any changes that we make, and making changes right now also feels scary because it feels like yeah. an acknowledgement that things are not normal, and it feels like another thing to try to get a handle on that's different, that yeah. doesn't meet, like, what we're used to. I want to jump in on this point, this particular yes. part of it with an example. Well, two examples. One, I just like walked past Stefan a couple of days ago and I said, we're going to have to have a conversation at some point. And I don't know what the words are yet for that conversation, but it's not okay right now how it's working out. Mm. Mm -hmm. This was shortly after I had a minor breakdown while the children were watching TV thinking, it is incredibly unfair <laughs> that I am with these children all day long. <laughs> like, okay, this is pause, pause. Say that again. Yeah. Say it again. It is incredibly is unfair. Incredibly unfair that I yeah. am with these children all day long. Yes. And that... That yes. sounds kind of like a jerky, fucked no. up thing to say. But you I know. know what we say on this show. I can have children and I can be in a healthy relationship and still not like this situation. But like, yeah. we sacrificed sometimes when they were infants, right? Like we knew things were different. And like when there was an infant in the house, right? That yeah. is also a survival mode sort of environment, okay? Yeah. Then once children at whatever age started going to like a daycare or a relative's house or school, time got allotted, right? I mm -hmm. mean, you had some time to work or take, I mean, like right now I'm thinking, yeah, I, I knew part of my job was making dinner every night because Stefan was at work and he would come home. But that task feels totally not normal anymore, given how much I am with the children all day with all this facilitating. By the time yep. dinner comes, it no longer feels like, like a thing that I'm capable of doing. 
That said, the weird flip on that is one of the things I find myself doing that's quote unquote normal is cleaning. Like I've always cleaned to feel in control. I know that that's part of it. I can put this thing here. There you are, right? But I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't need to clean this. We're all home. This is a total waste. But like, if I'm not moving, if I'm not in shark mode, I feel the cliff's edge right under my toes. Which, again, that's not normal, even though I'm taking these steps to feel normal. And actually, I'm going to add one more thing to this to bring us back further to what you were saying. And that is I was at the store the other day and I remember coming home and saying, you know, it's not the fear of, you know, contracting COVID-19 or the fear of giving someone COVID-19 that is the most unsettling for me in this moment, it's everybody in the store in masks. And yeah. Yeah. and I thought to myself, there you like the one voice says, that's the new normal. And the other voice is, you're not acknowledging how scary that is. That's scary, biz. Yes. Everybody's yes. walking around in masks. That's something you never thought you'd see. And it's a yeah. luxury and a privilege that I never thought I would see that. And I acknowledge it. But it's scary as shit. And I'm thinking more about this is the new normal than the feeling experience that I'm not acknowledging about how scary that is. And yep. the idea that that experience that feeling experience isn't gonna isn't just brewing it's not going anywhere it's brewing right Mm -hmm. it's brewing and simmering and adding to the soup of like not normal right i'm thinking about that too the the way that staying home has been hard but also that we are simultaneously getting worse at doing stuff out in the world every day that goes by like I I'm really grateful to Jesse because he's been doing all of our errands for us like when we need something when we need a grocery store run we've had to do it about once a week I mean we run out of food you know I wish we could go longer but we haven't so far been able to do it but Like, for me, I'm somebody who, and I think about, like, if he wasn't up to it, like, if he was sick or if he wasn't here, I'm somebody who has a hard time going to the grocery store under normal circumstances, just because of how taxing it is on my energy level in a variety of ways. So in this scenario, it's just exponentially worse. I mean, I think that thinking about that stuff is actually really worthwhile. Like, I think that it's okay to, like, look at, like, because there have been moments where I'm like, well, is it fair that, you know, Jesse's doing this every week and I'm not? But I'm really trying to look at, and it's not, we don't have it down, but what I'm trying to do with him 
is I'm trying to look at what we're both contributing to the household in like a different way as far as like, what are we able to do? Like, it's not going to be even. The childcare stuff is not going to be even. He does way more cooking than I do. The cleaning stuff is not going to be even. The homeschooling stuff is not going to be even. The who's working on Max Fun stuff is not going to be even. Like, there's so much shit to stay on top of right now. And we're like the best. I think the best that we can do is not to resort to like this should be fair. But to like look at no, really, I, I didn't actually. No, I know. I'm not laughing. mean that directed at you. I honestly <laughs> did not mean that. I wasn't even. I honestly was not thinking about that. I was not thinking about what. Like I was not thinking about how we started this conversation. Right. But it is obviously relevant. But like fairness is almost irrelevant. Like fairness mm. is almost impossible because it's like we each have our own types of energy and types of ability and our own like perception of time and what we can do. And we have to, unfortunately, between the two of us, we have to figure out how, like who, who is, who's, who's best able to contribute what. And it's not the same as it would be under normal circumstances because this is not normal. It's not normal. I just, yeah. I, I want to go back to, to the, it's not normal. And one of the things you said, like, how do we, how do we have this conversation and like, what do we get out of it? Right. It can't just be like, a, ah, I give mm-hmm. up. I yeah. think the thing that helps me the most is acknowledging the not normal aspect of this. I think that grants me forgiveness of myself and others, but like, I I think about, you know, all the casual comments that are out there. And guys, we all have to breathe through them as well as we can. But like, you know, now we're all homeschooling. No, we're not. Yeah. No, we're not. It's not normal. You are not homeschooling. You are trying to get through and a brand new schooling during a crisis Teachers are trying to do the exact same thing. They're not teaching like they would in class, right? Like, it's not normal. Yeah. And like, No, it's not normal. Yeah. When your kids are having, like, massive meltdowns and your fuse is short and you yell, no, you don't have to be, like, beat yourself up about that because life is not normal right now. And again, not acknowledging that makes it easier to feel like shit when we fuck up. Right. Like, yeah, I think that's true. I'm not saying let's all go out and be horrible to each other and do our children. I'm just saying, yeah. Oh, did you did you blow a fuse? Did you, you know, yell at your kids? Yeah. Okay. sure. Things that I would never like. I am. I feel like all that comes out of my mouth with the kids right now is volume, volume, volume. Now, like. Several months ago, I would have been like, I'm going to scar them for life by Mm -hmm. saying they're going to be in therapy one day, be like Mm -hmm. talking about mother didn't like my voice or whatever. (laughs) But the reality is, is being with them all day long, the volume hurts me. It hurts me. And so like, that's not normal. Right. That's not normal. So Mm -hmm. I just, 
I think there's a benefit and a freedom in taking the pressure off. You're not working from home. That's not normal, what you're doing right now by working from home. Yeah. It's not normal, right? It's not like a lifestyle choice yeah. if suddenly yeah. you're working from home, that, right? Like, it's not normal to go to work knowing that you are one of the only people out there going to work, right? I think right. about medical professionals or EMTs or people at the grocery store. Oh, you're going to work. How normal. It's not normal. That's not normal. So I'm just going to run around with a high-pitched voice screaming, that's not normal. That's not normal. Does that help? Are you? Do you feel helped? <laughs> I I actually totally do. I totally do. I feel helped. I mean, I yeah, it's because I think it's also okay, it's not normal, but I also think a lot of the things that we have learned side by side on this show over the last yeah. several years really do still apply right now. Like I think yes. about how for the longest time, your mantra was like, if you try something and it doesn't work, you can change that. It's okay. And like, I feel like that's really applicable here. Like, yeah. we don't, it isn't normal. We don't have to do stuff the way we've been doing it before. We also don't have to figure out the best way to do it now. We also don't know what's coming. So like, it's right. okay to try something today or try something tomorrow and see how it goes. It's okay to say like, we're gonna do it this way for a while. And then to say like, yeah, I didn't really like how that worked. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do something different. <laughs> I I was laughing because I was simultaneous. I was checking my email the other day and I got an email from like a newsletter for differently like parenting differently wired kids with an article to like trauma informed education that was basically saying like kids what kids really need right now is like comfort and love and like if that means that they're zooming from their pajamas in bed with hot cocoa and like their dog on their lap that's okay and like we don't need to be on the same schedule as we always are because that's not what's happening right now right. and like in the same email checking experience <laughs> I was looking at an email from <laughs> one of my kids schools that, and I love the school and I love their approach but they were saying the exact opposite like for this for these for these classes, like kids need to be in a designated work area. Kids need to be dressed. Kids shouldn't be in bed when they first log in. Kids should have gotten up and had <laughs> breakfast and showered and yeah. be dressed. Kids should not, you know, and and it's and it was literally like two great resources for suggestions on what <laughs> to do. Totally <laughs> conflicting. In yep. could not have possibly been more conflicting both dealing with the same essentially same yeah. population of kids and it's just and I was just laughing I didn't bother me yeah. I just laughed I was like yeah. yes because nobody knows because <laughs> nobody knows <laughs> nobody knows and, what to do and that in fact is normal <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So, this is not really pandemic-specific, but I did have a very exciting achievement over the weekend with Curtis, who is three and is very into dress-up and... We luckily don't have to get a lot of costumes for him because we have accumulated so many from his older (laughs) siblings. But he really wanted to dress up as Iron Man. Mm. And I was like, great. And I and I even like <laughs> as an aside said to him like, well, because he's like, can you get me an Iron Man costume? I was like, uh, I was like, we'll make one like we'll make you. And I'm thinking like construction paper, like we really go low rent on these things because they're so fleeting, like they yeah. don't really last long. And then when it came when I came down to like actually make it, I realized like, wow, I really can't make an Iron Man helmet or mask Mm. like that's realistically not something I'm capable of like just putting together on the spot yeah and so then I just decided wait a minute basically Iron Man can be put together with (laughs) Curtis's rescue bots costume from last Halloween plus his owlette mask from PJ Masks (laughs) <laughs> Plus some some gloves of Gracie's that are like bright red satiny long gloves. <laughs> like it was amazing how I was able to just like get all the components and just put yes. them together. And and it was like, I mean, it wasn't exact, but it was so good that I was like, like he he totally went for it right away. And I was like, well, yeah, of course you're going yeah. for it. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like you totally look like Iron Man now. You're welcome. Oh, good job. Thank you. Okay, you already know about this, and it should not be a genius, because again, if things were normal, I would frown upon this. (laughs) But last week, it was towards the end of the day, and uh, Ellis is, is really getting loud, and we're always in the same room together. And he was doing a FaceTime with a friend. He has like one friend and they can actually fill each other's time on FaceTime playing simultaneously. And it's amazing. But every time Ellis wants to say something, he says it so loud. And I went and got earplugs and I put them in my ears and I sat at the table right next to where he was doing his thing. And, you know, did my stuff that I needed to do there. And I could still hear him. But it cut the volume down by, like, 90% to the point where I think I told you I almost feel like I'm not even here, even though I'm here. Like, it's (laughs) almost like a weird vacation paradise, like, oasis. Mm -hmm. Which, again, because I'm accepting that things are not normal, I think... It was a really good idea. It's such a good idea. It was such a good job. Yes, good job. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a genius, um, specifically a pandemic genius. So with toilet paper in very short supply, I realized that I would be starting my period in the middle of this pandemic, as I'm sure many of you will experience at some point during all of this. So I saved some old newspapers and used that to wrap up pads and tampons. Uh, normally, I use toilet paper to wrap them up and put them in the trash can, uh, but used newspaper this time and saved probably half a roll of toilet paper in the process, uh, which my husband and potty training three-year-old were very, very grateful for. Just something small that we can all do to help our resources last a little longer. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I love you. I now want, like... Like a whatever history channel to start like a preppers for ladies only, right? Like they're all your lady only special tips. You're doing an amazing job. And I'm just going to say that I'll be thinking of your genius very soon. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, are you sure this shouldn't be in the recycling? Don't! Anyway, you're doing an amazing job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Uh, All right. So Curtis was playing ABC Mouse on Gracie's iPad. And then I heard him say, Hey, Siwi, can you tell me what's a giant zombie? (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. He's talking to Siri now. Look at these times. Look what these times have done to us. Uh, even the three-year-old is so, like, iPad proficient that he's talking to Siri. And to top that off, he's asking about giant zombies because he has weird older siblings. Ha, 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 So I texted my, like, mom and my sister to be like, guess what? Curtis just said and I was like typing that to them and like being all cute about that and then all of a sudden he goes this is scary and I look over and he had gone to YouTube with Siri I I thought he was just I thought he was just saying stuff I didn't think Siri was gonna listen to him and I looked over and it was a video of somebody getting like a um like one of those super fast videos of somebody getting made up to look like a zombie and it was terrifying like truly terrifying like an adult like makeup artist video like not not remotely for kids and it was scaring him so I'm glad he said something instead of just like sitting there quietly and absorbing that (laughs) I was like wow I am yeah could have been paying more attention that could didn't need to happen at all cute cute story (laughs) yeah Oh, God. Well, you're doing a horrible job. I know. I know that uh, according to every time somebody on television talks about what we're all doing while sheltering in place is wearing sweatpants for everything. And if you are wearing sweatpants for everything, that is good. I am not a sweatpant person. My comfort is in jeans and a comfortable sweatshirt. But after four weeks, I thought, I'm, I'm going to wear 
my really nice, like, they're like, these are nice sweatpants, guys, the kind you put on in California with a t-shirt and some jewelry, and you're like, I'm going out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put on my going out to LA dinner sweatpants. Yeah. yeah, LA sweatpants. Yeah. I'm going to put these on, and it's going to, and they're so soft. They're like dumb soft, right? Like, they make me so happy when I put them on, and I thought, I'm going to give this a try. It was the saddest day I've had yet at home. I was so sad. I was like so down. Like, I mean, like where you're just kind of staring at like a corner in the house. Like, what does it all mean? And I, <laughs> the end of the night, again, I say to Stefan, like I, I passed Stefan now with just random self-awareness facts. But this one was, I don't think I do well in daytime sweatpants. Mm. <laughs> so, learning forward, I yep. have been in my jeans, you know, okay. and yeah. my comfy sweatshirt. But yeah. like, <laughs> wow, not yeah. a lot of self-realization happening for old yes. biz yeah. during the stay at home. Also, kind of a real bummer that oh, it is you're not a, a day, daytime sweatpants person because this would be the time to really enjoy that. That would be some silver lining. <laughs> you suck at relaxing. Thank you. Uh, duh. <laughs> duh. Hi. I am calling with a fail. It's really quite a long term, but silly fail. I am realizing that my two-year-old thinks his name is Baby. Because I go like this. Hey, baby, come over here. Oh, what's wrong, baby? Are you okay, baby? Do you need a hug, baby? And I never, ever call him Oliver, which is his name. Oh, God. So now he's starting to talk about himself, which is great developmentally, but it sounds like this. Baby turn. Baby hold. Baby hug. And I think, where have I gone wrong? That I have not even told my child that his name is a real name. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, we're all doing a good job except for me. Oh, I'm failing at the most basic point of parenting. <laughs> oh, thanks for the hotline. Bye. Oh, yeah. But in the yeah. new in the new world <laughs> after the <laughs> it, in the new world after the virus, we all called each other baby. We all thought <laughs> that was our name after the COVID virus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're failing by giving your child too much love and affection. Uh, mm -hmm. You're a monster. And I know that Teresa can totally relate to the issues with children and names. Yep. <laughs> we were reminding ourselves in my family that for the longest time we called Curtis Mr. Baby. And, it, <laughs> and we had forgotten all about it. But really, like, it was up through two, some part yeah. of two, that we finally had to say, like, okay, we can't call him this anymore. Like, he has names. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple <many> names. names. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing uh, a yeah. horrible, horrible job. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. Hey, Teresa. 
Let's call someone today. Teresa, this week we are talking to Scotty Isheri, who is an award-winning producer and sound designer, having worked in audio storytelling at Smart City Radio, the HIV Talk Radio Project, and Chicago Public Radio. Scotty is the creator and host of The Imagined Neighborhood, a podcast designed to help children and their grown-ups grow their social-emotional skills. Welcome, Scotty! Hello! Thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. Before we get into this, I would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? In my house, uh, they have me, uh, my dog Ozzy, and my son. So tell me, we like to derail into dogs. So first, tell me about the dog. (laughs) Uh, The the dog (laughs) is named Ozzy. He's about 12 years old. Uh, He's a pound mutt, so I have no idea what he is. But um, He's perfect. Well, aside from being perfect, of course. (laughs) When people at the park ask, I used to just make up breeds. Like, oh, yeah, he's a Northumberland regal idiot. But now I just, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) He's a pound mutt. He's a mutt. I'm in Seattle. People are very doggy here. They They like to get into it. Oh, it is very nice. We've decided going forward that we're going to ask all our guests who have pets to send us pictures of the pets, and we will be posting those on our Instagram if you're up for it. Oh, I got a great because... one. <laughs> Good. Yay. I guess now I'll ask about your son. Sure. <laughs> How old is your son? He's a first grader. Okay. So that was why, uh, before we started, I heard him come in and discuss <laughs> a few things with you, and you were able to actually you know, have one of those like... I'm going to call it a conversation, but we all know that, you know, seven, six, seven-year-olds, hit or miss, and how much they're going to retain it, but that he was able to then go back out, you know, like, (laughs) so we're going to, everybody set your timers to see how long it takes before he comes back in. How are you doing? I mean, you're... uh, quarantining, sheltering in place. How are you guys doing? Uh, thanks for asking. You know, overall, pretty well. Today, honestly, was was rough. I had a really rough day today yeah. in terms of homework and meetings and trying to get some work done. Mm-hmm. And I end up, you know, when I need quiet time for the podcast, if I'm doing editing or writing or something, I just end up staying up later. So that throws yeah. the rest of the day off and like... You know, I really, I, I really have a desire to be present for my kid and, like, you know, do the best I can. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I really appreciate about you guys' show is that, like, is is the the affirmations that you're giving people because you know there's no awards for parenting, right? There's no like, nah. and there's also <laughs> nope. very little like metric, right? There's no like checklist of things yeah. to know that you're doing. It's also a job that no one's ever like nailed it, right? Like no one's ever just got it perfect. Yeah. So like <laughs> to answer your question, kind of a rough day, but fine overall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, we, we just spent the whole first part of the show talking about, you know, it's okay. This is not normal. Let's all just stop pretending it's normal. Um, because, you know, and we always are like, I'm okay. Everything's fine. But I appreciate you saying you're not doing well because I have many days where I'm not doing well, because it's a really weird 
place we're all in right now. So I'll just tell you, you're doing a very good job. It could be helpful to hear like someone else say, it's really hard right now. Like it's, I'm it's having- It's really hard right now. And it's okay yeah, that it's hard. It, like it's going to be hard. It so. is. This ties in, I think, so well to your podcast about, <laughs> I think, did you, you have this podcast and it is the Imagine Neighborhood and it's all about social emotional skills. Mm-hmm. Did you know we were headed into something in which we needed <laughs> such help with emotional social skills? Because, man, it's appropriate. Tell us about the podcast and how you developed it. Sure. Um, well, I mean, if I'd, if I'd had that kind of pre-information, I probably would have done something better with it. But, um, <laughs> it it just happened to be timing. So um, the, I, I work for an organization called Committee for Children, which does a lot of in-school curriculum. We're in like half the elementary schools in the U.S. And my team is sort of experimental. We're trying a bunch of new stuff out. We're seeing what works. And we, we see that there's a lot of need for this kind of stuff in the home. And so as an, just as an experiment, let's try this out. This is Scotty's dumb little project. Here's this podcast we'll try. And we had just planned on our launch date being in March, and it happened to be the first day that schools closed <laughs> in Washington. So this small little project was suddenly filling a need really immediately. And like we've been scrambling is not the right word. Hair on fire, laying tracks as we as the yeah. train is running down at the <laughs> to to be responsive to it, to try to get stuff get more stuff out there for parents. Um yeah. In a couple of weeks, we're launching sort of daily activities that go along with acti- with all the episodes. So there's just something that you can do with your kids. It's not heavy lift. It's not like, please sit down and, you know, write a treatise with your children. It's just like some ideas that parents can do at home. Right. It's the sweetest show I've ever heard. And it, it puts me in this relaxed state from the very beginning with like the music and the emotion coming from your voice and you know, just reading the titles alone, it sometimes it's like, okay, this one's definitely for kids. I'm going to listen anyway. <laughs> and here are some <laughs> that are, are geared more at parents. And it's very funny and it's very kind. And it's just so needed. And, you know, you, you recently had a great episode about frustration and disappointment. Mm. And... Mm-hmm recognizing the difference between the two emotions right now, which uh, that is, yes, uh, there are so many emotions happening right now that we need to like really see, accept and understand. But those two, those two, especially with kids, I wasn't thinking about. And I, I don't know why I wasn't putting those words on those emotions, but... Talk to us a little bit about about that. Sure. Um, so that episode, you know, was one that we started producing after after the school started shutting down and after the shelter in place orders were coming in, on the idea that a lot of kids and a lot of parents are going to be stuck inside for a while. So in the Imagine neighborhood, we have a pixie pandemic. It's little, you know. <laughs> critters that like they fly into your hair and in your pockets and then they get in your house and they wreck all your stuff. And we have a character named Macho Supreme who is trying to sneak out to go to a Glamour Flex competition and he's trying to, uh, you know, trick his grandma, his, his Nana Supreme that he lives with in order to get out of the house. And we end up just talking through like why he's trying to 
you know, endanger everybody. And he's, you know, he says to me, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. If a pixie snuck in in my pocket, you're, you're so scrawny, Scotty, he would eat you alive. And yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, the, the, the reality is it's, it's a, you know, it's a very silly situation. It's a, it's a ridiculous situation, but the emotions that this character is feeling are very real. He feels very disappointed. He worked very hard to try to get to this glamour flex competition and now he can't go. And that's, kind of true you know i think when when you're a kid the world isn't really built for you you know everything's bigger than you are and there's schedules that that are kept that you don't necessarily have a lot of say in and now we're kind of all in this position right there's this bigger thing this thing that's bigger than everybody that we're all trying to do our best to 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 keep ourselves safe but that the emotions that you feel regardless of how regardless of what you were excited about what you were disappointed by what you're frustrated by those emotions are still really valid, right? If you're if you're four yeah. and you're frustrated because you can't reach the bubble bath to you know <laughs> to to pour it all down the drain, or you can't reach uh, your dad's computer to throw on the ground or whatever it is, like that frustration's yeah. still real. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know what we're trying to do with that particular episode is just kind of show that one of the most helpful things that can that can that you can do is just to hear that and to recognize that in yeah. your kids and to. Which is hard to do, right? Especially, I mean, I've had experiences where my kid has, like, been really mad that the dog is touching him, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Familiar with that. Yeah. And later (laughs) when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, you can believe this. He's freaking out because the dog's touching him. But at the same time, (laughs) his feelings are really real. He's really mad that the dog is touching him. And, like, so, yeah, that was the goal with that episode is just try to give some some ideas or or some, at least to, like, Make it very valid that the feelings that you're having are real. Well, it's so helpful as a parent because, like you said, we're all also having those feelings on our own. You know, weddings are being postponed, you know, work-related activities or trips or vacations. You know, I finally am going to have this self-care time to do X, Y, or Z, and now you don't. Hearing you talk about the frustrations and disappointment of children is a nice reminder because I can even fall prey to the, you know, you, oh, you're mad about that. You're mad about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're disappointed <laughs> for this dumb thing. You know, the world is crazy and, you know, you don't understand the value of food or fruit. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like we're, of course you don't. Of course you don't understand it. Right? You are you know, 10 and, you know, six, however old my children are now. And (laughs) time passes in a weird way during the virus. But it's such a nice reminder that the feelings are valid, even if the things that we're having the feelings over have like such different weight, depending on on who is feeling it. Totally. And Very nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And I think, you know, one of the things in, in every episode, we usually like prompt the listeners, go ask your grown up how their body feels when they're sad or how they feel when they're mm. scared. Or what was a lot, la- you know, when was the last time we've got one coming up na- uh, soon that's about getting into fights with siblings, right? And so like, talk mm. to your grown up about a time that they felt like they just were going to fight, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, the goal with that is also to, to be a room, is to get the kids and, and, and the adults talking. Really, is to like get yeah. get that communication happening because 
one of the things we say is like, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike, no one hands a three-year-old a, a 10-speed BMX whatever and says, okay, ride a bike, right? You don't give a kid algebra and say, okay, math. Right. Often that does happen when it comes to things like managing your emotions, right? And sometimes we as grownups didn't get those skills growing up either, right? We didn't get, no one told right. us that like, when you're sad, you can say you're sad. Or some people have been punished for saying they're sad. You know what I mean? So like, trying yeah. to set an example for both the grownups and the kids that like, hey, these are feelings and they're important and you can talk about them. You know, my mom used to always say values are caught, not taught. Right. They're the things that the, the things that your kids see you doing are the things that they're going to realize are, are valuable to you. And if if you can, you know, it's hard. I get it. I don't I'm not perfect with it either. But like even just taking the yeah. moment to check in and say, hey, I know you're sad that screen time's over. Let's talk about that. Or how does, you, how does it feel when you're sad when screen time's over? And just giving that air to those feelings can, can go a long way. Oh my gosh, caught, not taught. Man, I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Becky, you're sorry. <laughs> That's a <laughs> good one. That, that is good. What have you taken away from doing this show? I mean, uh, you get to talk about emotions all day. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, like, what do you... What do you how has the show been affecting you since you've been doing it? I mean, on one hand, I feel really lucky to be working. And I feel yeah. lucky to be working on something that I'm hearing is is helpful, right? I'm hearing from people. It's, and I'm not... I'm not a healthcare worker. I'm not um, delivering food. I'm not, you know, I'm not part of the sort of essential um, work that's happening directly. But when I hear from teachers that they're able to like send it to their parents so they can continue lessons over Zoom or the fact that we're doing discussion questions along with each episode, that it is actually like making their lives a little bit easier. That's, that's turning into a little bit of self-care for me, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting to, yeah. to dive into that a little bit. The other thing that's kind of happening as well in parallel is that because I've, I've got my son with me, I'm trying to think of ways to like, whenever we're on the other side of where we're at now, it's probably going to look very different. But at the same time, I don't want to look back on, you know, March, April of 2020 and think we were, you know, like, and think of it as a horrifying time where we were cowered and in, in the mm. darkness and just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Like, I'm trying to find the stuff that is delightful about it, right? Like, like, like when else am I going to have this sort of inner look at, like, 24 hours a day with, with my, with my boy. Um, so what we're, I'm, you know, we're doing stuff like we're building cardboard forts and we're trying out new stuff and trying to kind of just make, make the most fun that we can have so that when we're on the other side of this, it's not just a scary memory. It's a, well, but we also, you know, we, we, that's when we built the pine cone feeder and the squirrel came like other stuff yeah. that we can, that we can make happen. You know, it again, it ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with, you know, things aren't normal, but what can we learn from that, right? Like, mm. we, yeah, this is a scary time. Things are very weird. But what can we, can we take away anything from this, right? Like, how can we use this, you know, somehow, even if it's just to forgive ourselves when things aren't going well yeah, <laughs> right yeah. but i i think i too think about okay how are my kids going to remember this time what can i do that's special or something and to be honest the thing i'm going to cross my fingers they remember as special was playing video games with mama yeah. right like <laughs> i mean it's not we're not building bird feeders right now because i don't have the energy to do it but i 
I have, what do I have the energy for and how can I make that positive? I think it ties right in. I think it's, it is something to consider when we have the space to consider it. Sure. One of the things mm-hmm. that this is helping with me and I'm hoping other people is we did create this crazy little world, right? This imagined neighborhood where there's um, a street made of lava and there's pirates and there's, you know, intergalactic wrestling champions and all this, all this stuff that, um, you know, it's a world that I get to go and play in as the, as the host and the producer of it. So I think that's been a help for me in this difficult time. So uh, I think my favorite episodes, we have a character named Macho Supreme, as I said, and he's, he's, he's probably one of my most favorites to, to, to produce because he makes fun of me all the time, basically. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's probably something very therapeutic about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the other side of it is, you know, I, I think a lot of times men and dads don't get socialized to be very emotionally expressive so there's something, yeah. at least to me, that feels very powerful about me as a cis het male talking to a, another male character uh, just about feelings and sort of trying to like show that this is okay. And, and Macho sometimes asks, like, is it Macho to cry? Is it Macho to feel sad? And like, yeah, it is. Why shouldn't it be, you know? Yeah. So, you know, as much as I love the other characters, I, I do sort of have a special spot for those moments <laughs> in the show where... Where it's, where it's two guys talking about their feelings, and it's totally okay to talk about those feelings. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Just, yes! I think that's great. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for making this podcast, The Imagine Neighborhood. We are going to make sure that we link everybody up to where they can download it, as well as to information about the Committee for Children and... Yeah, thank you so much for doing this, and I hope you and yours stay safe and well. Thank you. You as well. And if um, you or your listeners have topics that they're looking for us to cover, just they can reach out to me and let me know. We're looking for other ways that we can be um, helpful to families right now. Oh, that's wonderful. We'll make sure that we link people up to that email, how they can get in touch with you. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. wept as we crafted the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Dude, he, like, he forgives Darth Vader. Lisa <laughs> still love you, yeah. Annie. <laughs> you gasped out loud at the shocking twists of Face Off 2. Face is wild. He takes his kid's face. What? <laughs> we're writing an entire screenplay week by week on Story Bricks Season 2, Heaven Heist. Hey folks, Freddie Wong here with some exciting news about Story Break, the writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have one hour to spin cinematic gold. We're shaking up our format by turning Heaven Heist, one of our favorite ideas we've ever come up with on the show, into a full screenplay. Heaven Heist is an action comedy about a crew of misfit gangsters robbing the celestial bank of heaven. Think of Coco meets Point Break. Join us as we write this crazy movie scene by scene and get an inside look at the screenwriting process on our podcast Story Break every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. 
Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Graham. And we're two house DJs who have been trapped inside our drum machine. We love it here, and we'd love if you stopped by and visited us every week on Stop Stop Podcasting Podcasting Yourself here on MaximumFun.org. We're just a couple of doofuses from Canada. And listen to our show or perish. (laughs) Stop podcasting yourself (laughs) on MaximumFun.org. Uh-huh. I liked talking with Scotty. He is so nice. I can, guys, I, the podcast episodes are anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes long. If the feeling of calm and security was like something tangible, that would be created by this podcast. Like, it's so nice. And it's really nice for, and it's, I think Ellis, who is six, and Katie Bell, who's 10, would get something out of listening to this podcast. And I think kids a little younger might also. It's just it's just really sweet. The Imagine Neighborhood is the podcast, and you can find it where you find podcasts. Do you know what you can also find, Teresa? You can find a mom Having a breakdown right here. Hi, this is a rant about minis and mask wearing. Okay, lady, lady standing behind the petition. You know, good job for being safe and for being kind and saying hi and being as gracious as you can be in these times. But I don't need you picking on my mini. Not picking. Parenting my mini from behind your glass plate to ask her to not touch her mask. What the hell do you think I've been saying for the past 30 minutes that we've been in the grocery store? I've been asking her to not touch her mask. I've got the parenting thing under control, but if I'm bringing her into the store and she's wearing a mask, you need to be thankful and just say thankful. Just say thank you or just have a say, not say anything at all or have a nice day. I'm trying to keep it together. I'm a teacher trying to keep it together. And if wearing a mask in public with my mini is what I control, I'm going to do it. But I don't need you trying to help me out. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Maine, but you know, I just I just needed to bitch, so I'm hiding in my bathroom. Long time listener, first time caller, Business Teresa, thank you so much for being my people in the midst of all this craziness. You're doing a great job. Have a good day. Bye. All right. First off, you're doing a good job, and because we're only a couple of weeks into this, we haven't even had a chance to touch on the new form of like unwanted advice, unwanted help that you're not asking for, that people out of kindness, out of fear, out of stress, out of whatever are pointing your way. I mean, I kept thinking, When this first started and the first thing everybody was saying is don't touch your face. And Ellis has his hands, like has his fingers up his nose all day. He is always touching his face. It is what little kids do. They do it. If you're lucky, they stop around nine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you're lucky, right. It's a long game. You're asking them to all day before and this. By the way, asking them not to yeah. do it 
doesn't work no. at all. No. So there's lots of we don't need to get into the things you there's tactics and theories yeah. and ways of getting kids to stop certain habits. Telling them to stop when they're doing it <laughs> do, is not one of the things that has been proven in any way, shape or form to get a kid to stop doing that. I, I love the idea. Grocery star woman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm getting <laughs> no, really no. riled up. <laughs> I know. I love the idea that, that I have had in my head. Oh, if I just put my kid in a mask, they'll stop picking their nose. Nope. That'll just nope. become a collecting spot for what they're picking. Mm. I Masks on children is a really hard request. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. get, yeah. I get the importance and I get the, like, I think I can say it is a really hard request while also understanding the greater good that it provides, right? I Like, one doesn't cancel out the other. Trying to put a small child... I... It like we went out for a walk and in L.A., you have to have a mask on if you're out. Okay, not in your front yard, but if you're out walking, even you're supposed to wear one. And man, oh, man, do I not want to wear one because they're uncomfortable. And I get it. I obviously I put it on, (laughs) but I wore it for the whole walk. That doesn't negate how hard it is to wear a mask, especially. So like. And I am a grown-ass woman. Right. Now It's hard for us. Yeah. yeah. And the idea that it's not hard for our kids is cuckoo. And I, first of all, I know that this rant is not about being mad at necessarily grocery store workers. You, I heard you right. when you said, thank you for being nice. Thank you for trying to do all this stuff. <laughs> But because life is not normal, right? Yeah. Like, you're like, <laughs> the part that I related to the most was where you were like, I'm just so, of course I am parenting. I am parenting just fine right now. I am so, yeah. st- you could hear it. This is yeah. what I mean by it's not normal. We are carrying all this. Going to the store isn't the same as it was. We are going to have a different experience, especially when we have to take our children with us into an environment that we no longer feel the same about. And it makes us even more, like, sensitive to when people look at you over their masks or you know say something to you it is it's hard it's it's also I, I know this is a small thing but it's also hard when you can't see someone's smile like yeah you can kind of see a smile in the eyes sometimes if you're if you're up close enough but I think a lot of our social communications depend upon like really looking at the look in somebody's face. And sometimes it can be really hard to interpret what like something friendly when we're feeling so stressed. Like my assumption, if I don't see the smile and I'm feeling really stressed, I'm much more likely to take it in a negative way. And so I think we're also trying to figure, like, navigate those interactions in a new way without, like, some really important social cues that we're used to having (laughs) available. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I was, 
like you, Teresa and Jesse, Stefan was the one who suddenly started doing all the grocery shopping. And so this was really the first time when I went the other day in over a month. And not only did you not see, you couldn't tell what people were looking like. I am so used to talking to people. I will talk to right. anybody. I will yeah. chit chat all day. And I suddenly was like, am I allowed to say, excuse me? Like, am I allowed to speak behind this mask? Mm, right? So yeah. like, what you experienced is so valid that yes. that feeling under the most truly normal of circumstances, it's hard. Why aren't you have socks on your baby? Your baby's feet are going to get cold. <laughs> Don't, right? Like, <laughs> right? And now it's just, I'm going to say it, turned up to 11. It is, it is. turned up. We cranked and you were it doing, up. Cranked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you are doing such a good job. I, I, I see you going out to the store I see you acknowledging others, and I see you acknowledging yourself and how you are helping your child get through this experience of being out in the store. And yeah, you're doing a very good job. Yes, you are. Teresa, what did we learn today? I got to tell you, between our topic and talking with Scotty, I think I, for me, the takeaway is identifying, acknowledging, and like accepting all the different things that are our feelings, are how we see the world, how the world is behaving, that like by acknowledging it and not just ignoring it and trying to treat it as normal is is better, is more helpful. It, I will totally admit that when I think about out loud how not normal it is, that can make me sad. Like, it, it's not like I acknowledged it and now I feel great. <laughs> I feel not great. But every day that I think about it a little, and I let in as much as I can handle that day, helps me forgive myself. Because I, 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 I'm not going to be okay with how long this is going to go and what's coming next. I, I'm not expecting myself to be. But every time I can say that out loud to myself and that it's not normal, I can be more forgiving of myself, like you were saying about like, how do I, how do I help my kids get through this? Is it sitting with a puppy in their lap? You know, is it a, <laughs> while they're homeschooling or learning online? Or is it a schedule? Like whatever it is, I'm going to be more forgiving of, of how I'm dealing with that than like what's happening a year from now, right? Mm -hmm. Like to me, that kind of helps because it it's it's fucking weird. It's not normal. No. The more we talk about it, 
with ourselves. And the more we talk about it with others and have conversations that go beyond, hey, how you doing? I'm all right. (laughs) When we all start talking about it, I feel like it makes us feel, it makes us feel normalized for not feeling like things are normal. And it, it actually helps. I don't need anybody to solve it. I just need somebody to say, me too. (laughs) Yep. Right? Yes. And like listening to Scotty, that reminds me that there are people out there who are helping in in ways that I, I need help. And there are lots of helpers out there right now. And we have permission to go looking for them, whether they be regarding mental health, like you were talking about at the beginning, or help for your kids, or just how to, I mean, oh, so much is going on. Like, it's not like anything stopped when it came to like how our kids are developing and what they want to mm-hmm. know and what they need. Like during this, we still get to go ask for help. We still mm-hmm. do. Like you said, Teresa, things haven't just stopped altogether, right? And I know we have that feeling that we should wait. Maybe we should not wait for everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you are doing an incredibly good job. Maybe you want to cry a lot. (laughs) Maybe you want to be really productive. Maybe you are really, really good at this. And maybe you aren't really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) All of those categories and more are okay. And you are doing a very good job job. Teresa, it almost like the tears well up as I want to tell you this. You are doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.